Uh, when I realized grown women were tattooing my name on their back. What? <laughs> I kid you not. Ain't nothing in there. What the f is this? What the f is this? It's giving Jeffrey Dahmer! Appreciate you for tuning in in this episode of Funky Friday. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share this. And if you're feeling really funky, leave a comment. Enjoy the show. Yo, what's good? What's poppin'? What it is, what it ain't, what it could be, what it should be, what it would be. Cam Newton, the son, Mr. Boogie, the all. Here with another episode of Funky Friday. And I promise, I really do promise to give good content for the masses. But above all, I promise to keep it funky for your asses. Now, this guest, you may have seen him on Stranger Things. You know what I'm saying? You may have seen him on a lot of other different shows. But most recently, the BMF. Feel me? I present the song and introduce the others. Atlanta's very own, Miles Truman. Appreciate you. Appreciate yeah. you. Thank you for having me, man. This is very surreal, man. Yeah. Nice little setup. How you thugging, bro? I'm, I'm thugging. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Getting through the waters, man. Man, listen. So off, off camera, we just talking about, you know what I'm saying, just your whole transformation into acting. Yeah. Right? And... It was identified that when I asked you, what high school did you go to? You said? Pope. Pope. But inevitably, you were homeschooled. I went to to Pope for maybe two and a half weeks. I don't even remember my locker coat. Mm. So my question, and I was like, dog, I want to wait for it. I want to wait for, you know, this question to be asked. Did you... Being homeschooled, or you being homeschooled, did that affect your socialism? Actually, it didn't. It actually um, enhanced it. Mm. Um, being around, being on sets as a kid, you find yourself always only the, the kid on set. Mm-hmm. So you are forced to mature, and you're for you're, you're surrounded with responsibilities. Right. Um, and I just had to learn at a young age to be more of an adult rather than just the child that I'm portraying as well. Because mm-hmm. I would sometimes be a 15-year-old playing a 12-year-old. Right. You know? Um, and then just going back, <clears throat> coming back to Georgia, still being part of the youth ensemble program, right. still doing those classes, I would have kids look just like me. Right. We'd be able to relate with rather than <laughs> being in Cobb County and going to Pope. And all those kids went to kindergarten with each other. Right. All those kids play on the same football team. Mm-hmm. I don't play lacrosse neither, and <laughs> that, right. that's what they be doing too. So I just had to find, you know, where I was comfortable in, in, in the environment that was not too foreign to me. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what really. So acting just really helped me, do, like more enhance, you know, just who I was and how I went about the real world. But with such a short stint in high school, were you able to enjoy high school's amenities? Right? Did you enjoy? Um, prom? Did you go to prom? I went to I went to homecoming. I okay. went to homecoming. So I found this girl. Uh, it was tenth grade, and uh, she needed a date. And my mom was like, "Well, this is this girl. She's she's beautiful." And I was yeah. like, "Okay, cool." I I met her at some event spaces, and she she had her own business going on, and uh, we went business businesses in tenth grade. Yeah, she was. She's. She, you should see her now. I ain't gonna name drop, but. Gia, you doing, doing your man, you doing your yeah. But tenth grade, I only went to I only went to a homecoming. I wanted to go to prom, but never I wasn't in a a school. Yeah, I think you need to be placed in a school to do that. But it would have been cool like to like go with a fan or something. Yeah, yeah. But then yeah. fans by the, at that time was crazy, and my mom was crazy too. Well, I'm gonna keep it. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it brief, or I'm gonna keep it censored. And yeah. in the famous words of Tommy, you know, I, we, we all know for my Martin fans out there, you know what Tommy would always ask. Uh-huh. You know, but I, I feel like your success early on being a a youth uh, prodigy, you know what I'm saying? Have you had a moment or what was that moment like when you started getting recognized? 
Uh, when I realized grown women were tattooing my name on their back. What? Yeah. That was at the new edition story. And I didn't really, like I told you earlier, I didn't know the magnitude of the show and the the influence it had on women at the time. Hold on. So they got your name or the person you was Man, playing? Man, they had the Hoagland Honeys. Dante Hoagland played Michael Bivens. They had the Truett Babe, the Winston Babes. That's Jahi Winston. He played Rob Tresvent. They had the Truett. Yeah, they just had like different names mm. for us. And this, there was uh, there was one time that we went to L.A. for, uh, I think it was Belle Bib DeVoe's Hollywood Walk. They, they were getting the star. Right, or right. I think it was No Edition. And um, we were all meeting up in this little lounge space area with No Edition and a whole bunch of fans. And there was like these two 40-year-olds that walked up to me and my boy Tyler that played, Bob, that played Bobby Brown at the time. And she turned around and she had like this like crop top. Like, I don't know if it's like a, not, not a crop top, but like Ranger. a tube, a tube top. A tube top, 40-year-old with a tube top. And she turned around and had all five of our names listed on her right shoulder. My dead Uncle Gene. Kid you not. <laughs> I kid you not, you know? But I mean, that's, I mean, that's one part you know, that really hit me. But then also after the show came out, I saw it 24.7 million views in three nights. Mm. And then just seeing myself on TV, coming from stage, you know, when I was doing stage, I didn't really know what I was going to do because I was doing singing, dancing, and acting at the time. Right. You know, so now just suppressing that just to acting and being in front of a camera, I just really, I was just going through the motions of just having fun as a kid. So you was in theater? Oh, yeah. So do you see, like, where, where you are now, 21 years old, right, do you feel a life going back to theater? Yeah. Yeah, especially with this strike, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I love theater. I've always had a, a heartfelt you know, passion for it. Um, just being comfortable in front of large audiences and being able to just represent myself in a higher stature to what I normally do on a regular right. daily basis. Um, it's fun, man. It's fun. You only get one chance on that stage. Yeah. And it's just the, the adrenaline rush, you know, the, the, the fact that you can just play off your, you know what I'm saying, your, your, your castmates and have imp imp improvised scenes or what have you. Yeah. It's fun, you know, acting, you always have that cut, 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 all right, we're going here, we're going there. And it's just the way theater is structured, it's, it's good to see. And then you see certain actors coming from theater, Viola Davis and Denzel Washington, you know, they are who they are because of what they did. Right, for sure. You know, so. So you, you, you touched on it. Uh, briefly, and I kind of want to take this time to ask how it has impacted you with this uh, Writers Guild strike, the strike as a whole, right? Mm -hmm. Where, like, what's your thoughts about it? You know, being able to not know the next steps or the future or whatever, how has it impacted you? Um, kind of feels like COVID. Mm. Feels like that COVID time to where everybody's just stagnant and in one place and trying to find out what's what's their niche and what's what's that next. I feel like if I was 30, 31, yeah. I would have would have been a director already, a creative director, a writer, this yeah. and third, but I'm just touching the surface, you yeah. know? And it's just like now me being a young adult and not just a young child actor and now going through this too. Last time we went to strike was sixty years ago. Yeah. And it was for residuals, you know what I'm saying, mm. and higher compensation to pay. And now we're going on strike now, present day, and it's for higher residual rates right. and not to have robots take over our jobs. You know, so that's why I go back to theater. You, you can't, with theater, you can't yeah, use you can't AI. Either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a certain aesthetic and realness to theater that you can grab attention from an audience and have them in that sunken place. Right. Um, but with AI, it's like you, Avatar, prime example, right? No shade to white, no shade to no ethnicities, but when you look at Avatar, the, it was portraying indigenous people. Mm -hmm. So you only had one black character playing an indigenous person, but the whole environment of that movie was based off of Hawaii, Honolulu. Right. And you have all these, you know what I'm saying, white characters, and it's not paying homage to what is, the, you know what I'm saying? True but the true essence. A, but the AI 
flares up their nostrils, makes their ears more big, mm-hmm. makes the, you know what I'm saying? Now they're speaking in a certain language of the, you know what I'm saying? The, the people that are from there. Right. It's just like, it's just taken away from just the realness, right. you know, of, of certain movies that can... The purity, the yeah. purity of the, of, of the art of acting. That's the main thing, man. So if I were at, to ask you a question, simple and plain, if Miles had to have a, a stance or something that everybody had to abide by coming out of this strike, what would it be? Stay true to yourself, because this industry can change you. Mm. Especially like the film industry, you can be easily, you know, uh, convinced and have your your mental mental altered by just anything or what a director says or what does look good. Mm. And when you stay true to what you, your your realness is, your purity, like you were just saying, of what characters you feel like can be pulled out of you and what's relatable to, relatable right. to you, you know that that's that's the main thing. Because I see. I don't want to go deep, but I just see certain actors and it's like, mm, I could have seen him play this. Yeah. Or mm, maybe that wasn't for them. But know? but to like to my point, and I hear you. Mm, maybe I didn't understand the. the, the but the like coming from the strike, fully. right? If yeah. somebody or like a representative from the strike came to you and said, "All right, what would you want to see come from this?" That you have a stance to say, oh. I want the actors or the writers to get paid more, like, or I want this to always be a law coming out of it. Okay. Um, transportation, I feel like that should be back. Um, we, Meaning we don't, what? As far as to set and from set. Um, after COVID, we, we had to get ourselves 12 to 14 hour days, and we had to drive to set, and then we had to drive home. What? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, for the past two, two, three years they've been doing that and they've been trying to get away with that too because COVID's done now, but they still have actors driving. And you're paying for that on your own dime? Yeah, unless they give you a rental car, but then sometimes maybe that's in their budget or right. if you have to ask. And it's coming off of your bottom line. You go through the agent. Yeah, yeah it's, it's certain ways that, you know, that, that that's handled. That, the residuals, like like I said earlier, there are, there are major networks I can name just ten on my hand that are making billions of dollars a year, mm-hmm. and not only just to the, to the actors, but the people that create the shows that are writers, they're not even getting a a ten percent of that. Right, the compensation that they supposed. You know, residual residually, you know, you have these shows just running, running, running. Then what checks are coming back in that are only a dollar sixty cent? Right. And then imagine what the actors are making. Mm. You know, I feel like those are the big things. And then AI, too. Just just having more control of our realness and our, our, our own entities rather than just taking our likelihood for granted and using it to wherever you want, you know, to yeah. whatever caliber you can. Um, and me being young, too, I'm just, I'm, st- I'm still reading up on everything, still mm-hmm. learning. Like, I didn't even know, because it started in May. Mm-hmm. I think a little bit before May. Right. And I didn't know how how much, like, import, how important it was until probably, like, two months ago. Say less. You know? So, right where we are right now, we're going to take this time to transition into the game of the episode. Okay. Right? This game is called The Box Game with Miles True. Right? Uh, while blindfolded, we will alternate sticking our hands in a box. Whoa! Get <laughs> swear. Uh, <laughs> guess what's in? Guess what's in it? And it's for a point. The most points win. Okay, four ready? points. That's cool. Say that. So it's you versus me. We guess what's in the box. I get more. You get more. Boom. Very competitive. So we go. I'm a winner. Rock and roll. Let's do it. All right. Yep, we're ready. All right, All right now. Okay, I'm gonna just go in. I'm gonna just go in. You can see it, huh? Cam, don't look at you. Trying to see if it's warm. Is it alive? Can I ask questions? Nobody's gonna say anything? Hell no. Okay, we got a bowl. All right. So let's put the thumb in. Oh, no. Easy now. What is this? Watermelon? Is it a fruit? Yeah, watermelon is crazy. 
<laughs> Banana. That's final answer? Ah. Uh, why is it grainy on the bottom of it? It's a fruit. Full answer, final answer? Three, two, it's one, say It's a tongue? It's, is it a tongue? Like a, a beef tongue or something? That's your answer. My answer yeah. is... My answer is uh, um, beef tongue. Beef tongue. Is that correct? No. What is it? Can I look at it? Yes, pull out. No. Oh, <laughs> what is, what is this? Oh, that's a candy yam. That's a, a potato. Oh, sweet potato. Sweet potato. Why you had to put the pepper on it to make it? All set. Woo, 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 woo. It's on me now? Alright. I don't even know what that is. Hey. <laughs> Y'all give me the message. No Lionel. Oh, did Pasta. That's your final answer? Final answer is pasta. <laughs> hey, yeah. This That's is pasta? Pasta. Macaroni. It's macaroni, bro. Oh, I couldn't eat tell. I couldn't eat tell. What the? Y'all would Damn. give me this one. Next thing coming in? I'm cheating. I don't see, bro. <laughs> you know this. I don't see nobody. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> What's crazy though? Like. You go first. Me first? Yeah. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Oh, I know this. Season. It's like steak. It's a... Ain't no way. Yeah, the steak. It's not chicken. Oh? What you think? Is that your final answer? Yeah, this steak. What? Final answer because it's it's mm. it's too tender. Or yeah. Is it? Like chicken breast would have been like more slipperier and like this is or steak. Is it pork? I don't know. I'm vegan, so steak. I don't know. Steak is steak is a little bit different color. Tenderloin. Like this is definitely steak. That's the final answer. Final answer. This is steak. Yeah, definitely. You got it for right now. Ah, it's giving Jeffrey Dahmer face ass. <laughs> All right, I right, go. Ain't nothing in there. Keep moving around the boat. What the f is this? What the f is this? Hold on. What the f is this? Hold on. Cause y'all got me f up. This it's safe. I will hope so. Answer is three, two, one. What is it? I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. Ain't no clues. It's not. I'm trying to pick it up. Is this a lie? Is this a bug? This is a bug. Your this final answer is, is this is a bug. This is a bug. Y'all got me. Y'all got me touching on. What is it? Uh, but it's a bug. It's a centipede. It's a, it's a roly poly. Something. It's something. There's a name for it. That's a worm. It's a caterpillar. It's a caterpillar. It's a mealworm. Uh, yeah, I knew it. I used to play with them back in my day. The mealworms. Yeah. Ain't that what you use to fish? Nah, they got they got legs though, right? Yeah. See, so, yeah, they got legs. Let me see. Uh, yeah. They were alive, but they died. I felt some legs. That's crazy. <laughs> Y'all, wow. Two, one. 
Oh yeah, that's dead. You definitely not getting that. Why? Is it because it's his like show that like y'all call it what you want, bro? Like, well, I done been look. It's a competitor, bro. Like, okay. What is this? Oh, I know what this is. It's dragon fruit. What? Oh, turned up on y'all. Is that your final answer? Hey, talk about it. Hey, talk about it. Hey, talk about Yeah. I ain't never seen no dragon fruit. Yeah, hey, turned up on y'all. I ain't know what that was. It's yeah. on me? Yeah, it's okay. That's National Geographic. That's crazy. I'm not getting that. It's Trump. It's slimy. It's Trump. It's Trump. You're not getting that. Oh, I know what this is. What is it? It feels like a mango. Mmm. You, you, but this is an aloe branch. Mmm. Mmm. That your final answer? Aloe branch. That's your final answer? Final answer. Do you want to lose? That's what I'm no, saying. Yeah, no. Okay, so think again. It's aloe. <laughs> aloe. Aloe me. Mango? Let me see. Feel like mango, right? Nah. Oh, yeah. Feel like from right here. All right, I'll tell you something. Shoot, cause if she got this texture, my boy, I wasn't gonna say nothing. Boy, listen here, boy, she a keeper. I wasn't gonna say nothing. Slide. Boy, I swear, son, let me tell you something, boy. If you ever run across somebody, bro, and uh, she opened her knees, and what she got between that and this, let me stop. <laughs> Y'all, boy, look, boy, yes, sir. <laughs> Boy, yeah, so boy. Boy, yeah. All right. Yes, yeah, sir. Did you have a touchdown dance? Definitely. It was just like a gesture. Oh, no. Come on, now. You know, you got to I remember, I remember, I remember. Swig it every now and then, but it always was like a signature. <laughs> you feel me? You Where'd it come it. from? Man, my touchdown dance came... Crazy enough, when I was in junior college, and a shout out to my dog, Chad Fortnick. Mm. We, we would have to go to study hall, and we had to have eight hours of study hall each week. But in JUCO, like, my was pretty much done with all my credits oh, that you I had. JUCO. So, here, yeah. You was. So. What you was playing JUCO for? I, had, I went from Florida to JUCO, then to Auburn. Okay. Oh, got you. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Be because they didn't have that uh, transfer portal or the, okay. you couldn't just train. Like, I would have had to sit out a year. Like, if I would have went from Florida to Florida State, I would have had to sit out a year. So, I was like, I'm not going to sit out. I might as well just play. A year. play you know you. what I mean? And during study hall time, when we get done with our work, we have to mandatory have this hours allocated. And we would go on YouTube and just boom. Like, look at touchdown celebrations. And in practice, we would just do that. And I remember Reggie Bush, you know, he uh, obviously an iconic player. Yeah. And when he was at USC, he kind of did like that. And then in practice, I did it. Boom. <laughs> and then Chad was like, yo, bro, like, think about it. If that's Superman and Superman was Clark Kent and Clark Kent wore a, like, a shirt, he doesn't rip his shirt off like this. He rips his shirt off like with through the buttons in there. Boom. So boom. Mm. That's how it that's how it just real simplistic. I like you it. You feel me? Yeah. So boom, like as we get back into it, like my question is having success or like iconic shows, so to speak, Stranger Things, the new edition, uh, amongst other, you know, things in your discography of work, uh, BMF. Like, have you seen the difference in crowds or followings? You know what I'm saying? Like, definitely in like influence for sure. Um, which one? Which one is more like you get noticed the most? It depends where I'm at. Mm. Uh, shoot, if I'm in Louisiana or if I'm like, yeah, you was like Queen Sugar too, huh? Right. I was gonna say. I was gonna say Queen yeah. Sugar. Cause like if I'm in Louisiana, Queen Sugar. I lived on St. Charles Street for two years. Mm. Yeah, so Queen Sugar definitely. If I go to New Orleans, if I'm in Atlanta, it's usually Black Mafia. If 
I go up to New York, Cali, it's either Cali. I mean, it's either um, Stranger Things or Black Mafia Family. So it varies where I yeah. go. More so being meth right now, because that's like the show that's popping yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. But most people don't even recognize recognize me from Stranger Things. I had a six inch, uh, what I have, like a little flat top. Yeah. The whole nine, you know, basketball player, coming from basketball player to a drug, mm-hmm. a crack maker, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, those, those two shows. So through that whole transition of different let's say, characters. Is there a character now having, or when you do have options, like, do you prefer a certain type of character? Because then that would just, like, narrow down, to, narrow down too much of what I can do and my capabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what's his name, Danson Idris? He has so much range. I didn't even mm. re- realize how long I've been watching him. Yeah. Until Snowfall, though. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's he's one of the main actors I've been keeping my eye on. But I don't. I can. I want to do be able to do anything. Period yeah. pieces, dystopian worlds, mm. sci-fi, um, drama, action, rom-com. Yeah. You know, everything. I just want to be able to touch and look back and be like, okay. I can't say I wish I would have did that. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and then still, like, I'm, I'm gonna be exposed to more and more roles the older I get. Cause as a kid, you only playing ch- child roles. Mm. And then when you're in that limbo stage between 20 and like 25, you're that High School Musical stage. You're gonna be Troy Bolton playing 18 year old. You, yeah. 26. You know, everybody mm. in High School Musical was not. 18 of years old, a senior all in high American, school. All those folks was not in high school. You feel what I'm saying? She had a whole beard. So after you like branch off through that limbo stage, now you're like, all right, you're in that Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, Denzel Washington, you know, stage to where, all right, I'm I'm playing a more of a man role. Right. You know, you're not little Miles no more. Like you're yeah. you're growing into. Yeah, miles. and then and then when it comes down to casting directors, they're gonna look at you if you got that baby face. I'm gonna cast you as something younger. Yeah. So like. I'm still learning to what roles I can do too. Now I'm always intrigued in asking, you know, actors and actresses this question. Is there ever a role that you will not play? I I'm I'm not I, I'm not gay. Mm-hmm. So like that's that's one role I probably wouldn't do. And then probably like I don't know. I, I've, I've been faced with roles to where, like, if I was going to be spit on or called a nigger yeah. or this, that, and the third, but then again, it's just like, that's why I love doing the job. Because, like, some projects, you're able to experience history without being restricted to context and dialogue from books yeah. growing up. You actually get to feel it. Yeah. And have, you know what I'm saying? Real emotions. And have respect towards it, mm-hmm. too, while you're embodying the emotions mm-hmm. for the camera, too. So, I mean, it's... Right now, I don't have the time. I don't have the room to say what I won't do. Yeah, I don't have the time. Cause I had I had a guest on before, and he brought so much perspective to that. And I asked it, and he was like, "Me having children, I could never play a pedophile." Mm. You know what I'm saying? Just having daughters, and 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 I I couldn't bring out that emotion in me because of the hate that I have towards. Oh, he didn't say hate, but it's just like the distaste. Mm. for that person you know what I'm saying and then for you or anybody it's just like I can't take my mind to that emotion Mm -hmm. like you see the Jim Carrey's of the world you see you know um, actors that really go into that phase and Ledger with Joker yeah 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 yeah. it's real thing like this is a it's like a muscle and you know, dating an actor myself, I'm, I'm able to appreciate just how actors are able and actresses are able to dive deep in emotion. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because it's, it's no wonder, you know, that people don't talk about this enough. Do you have a psychologist? Um, no. My team, my mom always told me, like, I, like it would be good to have therapists or mm-hmm. good to be able to have somebody to talk to. Throughout when I do film though, especially portraying B. Mickey and yeah. going back and forth from Stranger Things. So I was from Stranger Things and BMF at the same time. Wow. So I was being two characters in, in one week. 
three days BMF, two two days as uh, Patrick from Stranger Things. And I just had to take time out of my day to be able to reflect about what I haven't done and what I am doing. An hour out of my day, every day. If it mm. was in my trailer, if it was in my car, if it was in my hair makeup chair. Just me sitting, if I had that, my headphones in, but it was just away from people, mm. external, you know what I'm saying, things that would just alter my motives and ground myself. I'm Miles Truett. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm not B. Mickey, I'm not Patrick. I have brothers. Daniel yeah. Jackson's my mom. You know, I know yeah. where I'm from. Because you can lose yourself in characters. Oh, like, for sure. I would have never known that I, never I would have imagined to, that I would have known how to take a gun apart and put it back together again. Mm. But like, how do you come down? You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you hinted toward it, but mm -hmm. like, coming from many different ranges of, of, of tapping into this side of you or not even this being you going into somebody else's world and doing the research and saying, okay, he was like this. Okay, he wore his hair like that. Okay, cool. He, he walked like this. He talked like this. This was his type of bravado. Like, how do you come back to Miles? Sometimes you're not, you can't, you can't get away from it until you're done filming, mm. like in, in entirely. Cause it's like three or four months, 12, 14 hour days. You only get eight to seven hours to go home and go to sleep or be yourself, mm. you know? So it's like, there is a come down stage probably after you're done filming. But when I'm so embedded into a character such as B. Mickey, I never did, I never had a series regular in my life. Mm. So I took it, I took it, to heart for sure and and understood the 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 assignment that needed to be made and on top of that I wasn't I didn't have the fortunate opportunity to talk to the person that I was portraying right right so I even really had to go in on okay how is the script portraying him okay let me go watch these documentaries what is little meat saying about him not big meat right what is little meat saying about what happened this then the third and then also just finding relatable tendencies throughout the character that I can retract from and be like oh this is me as well yeah. so when they do say cut I can still be in my zone I'm still in my 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 uh my, my wardrobe and I'm still feeling fresh because I'm comfortable in it because that's also my style as well. Right, right. You know, I would also talk to the wardrobe department to make me feel comfortable. What chains I would like to wear. You know, how would I like my hairstyle? You know, after second season. So like that's what would really help me just find mm. me in the character too. Right. Putting myself in the character more and more to where when I am being the character, I won't lose myself. For sure. Yeah, so. Right. Like what the I would say, looking from the outside in, the biggest thing about your line of work is auditioning. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. The IMDb might look like it's booming, but yeah. I probably auditioned for about a hundred thousand roles in my life. Mm, talk to me about it. It's it's a process, especially when you don't have a manager or agent, and that's how I started out. It was an open casting call. Most actors, they think that they need the whole manager, agent, team behind them. But if you got the skill, you got the mm. heart, you got the will to get it done and right. wait in that line of 100 people and just place yourself in front of those casting directors and execute like I did, then you could, you know what I'm saying, then you could bypass all the other steps and those steps going to come back to you in the end run. Yeah. Um, but... Every my mom told me this though as a kid because I never really I got blessed with that yes that first one yes is first audition right but then I come back to reality when you get that first no yeah it's just like what am I doing yeah. wrong like but why yeah but why like is it because of how I look or is it because of my skill set and they never tell you no they just don't say anything so if you audition for a role let's say I audition for a role today I sent my cast my uh sent casting my audition tape. If I don't get it, I won't hear anything from them. Mm. I have to hit my agent up and be like, hey, was there something wrong? Did I do anything? This, that, and the third. My mom told me this. Every no gets you closer to a yes. Right. You know, and I never stopped at that fifth no or that 20th no because in my, that 21 audition might be that yes or yeah. that Black, Black Lightning or that Atlanta episode. Mm. And that's what really just made me more determined and be more consistent in what I was doing and just have more of a brighter insight of what my future might behold, you know? Like, that's, that's, like, being turned away. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody sees your story and they say, like, oh, man, that's the dude from, oh, man, I see, I love this ass on so-and-so. But I would always say this about 
my line of work, especially at football, nobody sees the practices, nobody sees the film, mm -hmm. nobody sees or even cares about the 5 a.m. wake up calls, the extra walkthroughs that you kind of go through. See you on the field. That's they it. just see you on film. Like they just see you on Sundays. And I'm mm -hmm. like, bro, if y'all think I literally just get up and just get up and just, <laughs> you know, throw touchdowns or do this or do that, or I try to lose intentionally, like that it doesn't work. And that's why it hurt me more being that I put so much into the game that when I didn't get the result that I wanted mm -hmm. to, it was hard for me to uh to be cool with that, you know what I'm saying? How did you take that? Well, like, like really, what what really what really happened? Like, really, what, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like the more that I matured, right? Mm -hmm. I, I realized that the sport that I played, it was more determining factors in it than I gave credit for, mm -hmm. right? I look at a, a, a situation like Tom Brady; he's the greatest quarterback of all time, mm -hmm. right? But what if Adam Vinatieri would have missed those field goals? Uh, you see what I'm saying? Like, you need so much of a supporting cast. Like, uh, it was so many times where I look at the Super Bowl when they came back, and me being in New England, I had access to rewatch it in many different ways. And I'm like, yo, what if this play didn't happen? What if Julian Edelman didn't make that amazing catch or have that effort? Or what if this guard or person would not have made a tackle or a block, what would have happened? You know what I'm saying? So as I grew, I started saying, I would always give myself the reminder, like all I can do is all I can do. And all I can do is enough. We need you on the Falcons. That's what we need Bruh, you, man. Listen. We need you man. on the Falcons. Arthur asked me how to get in contact with ah. But at the end of the day too, it's like, how much of it is, it's like, I feel like I was, punished for, not necessarily, like my gift is my curse. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I really don't give a mother. Yeah. So if I'm, if, if, if that's what makes me, and a person may say, man, humble yourself, man, you know, take this role, take that role. I'm like, what made me great, mm. what got me to the top was this attitude. And I'd be damned if I lose that along mm. the process. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. Would you apply for a specific role and you think that you that this role is for me? There's been many times in my life where I just felt like, bro, it's a given. Like, mm. And rejection was what I got. But I don't not have self-confidence in myself because I look at it like this. To anybody who lacks confidence and if you don't believe in yourself, who do you expect to believe in you? Mm. It starts with you, you know what I'm saying? So the way I talk, the way I write, the way I, the way I type, the way I, you know, kind of- just feel like the organization can't handle that realness. It, it, I'm not for that. Yeah. I'm not for them. Yeah. I'm not for her. I'm not for my partner, you know what I'm saying? I'm not for an old boy. I'm not just, like I protect myself from so many different individuals where these days, bro, I protect my peace at all costs. Mm. So if you reject me, it's simple, I feel like. I'm not about to beg for your acceptance. Mm. I'm just not going to do that. I'm not. That's not how I was raised. That's not what my environment taught me to be. It was like, bro, be you. Mm. And the world needs you to be you, not you to be somebody else. You feel me? Like, we need Miles Truitt to be Miles Truitt. I don't mm. need Miles to be mother uh, ludicrous or mother uh, Idris Alba. I don't need him to be... Denzel or yeah. Jamie Foxx, like you need to be you. you. Michael B. Jordan, like no, like it's only gonna be one. It's only gonna be one. It's only gonna be one. Now he can empower you, he can impact you. And please hear me when I say, like, I've had people who I look up to, and I still look up to people, mm. but I take a little bit of what makes them great and apply it to my own way, and I put my own little, you know yeah. what I'm saying, seasoning into that. You feel me? That's dope. So like for me, like my question is, like how do you prepare? You know what I'm saying? Like what, like where do you go to, like if you got a script, an audition, or when you are awarded that role, like how do you get into a way to learn your lines and what does that process look like? Um, 
It depends on the character. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, with BMF, it took a little studying because all I knew about with BMF or Meech was, they think I'm Big Meech. Huh? Larry Hoover. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was like, okay, when I heard Meech's name come up again, I had to go documentaries, you know, read up on them, articles, how, why is he in jail, this and the third. Then you got Stranger Things. That mainly consisted of just reading the script and just, yeah, it just, it don't, for me, it's not too complex. I read the script, understand where the character's coming from, find relatable tendencies to where, like, I could pull from it and make it look real to where I'm not forcing it and it looks factory set or robotic. Because mm-hmm. certain actors, you can see them trying to pull from, a, you know what I'm saying, from the audience rather than pulling from the character. Mm-hmm. And I've worked with actors like that, like, just trying to just play with it. But when you don't know the character, like, like you say, when you don't talk to yourself and you don't know yourself, yeah. then it's not going to come across that would be authentic mm-hmm. um, but it's not really a certain place that I go to or my, my, a dark place in my room mm-hmm. or a Starbucks you know if it's in my car if, it's, if, I get, if I'm on set and I get another script for another project say excuse me you know am I, y'all got me mic'd up alright I'm gonna go to my trailer sit down cause I understand it's a job at the end of the day now yeah. it's my job as a kid it was it was a hobby. I was having fun. Yeah. I was getting paid to do for it. All right, cool. But now it's a job, you know. So I read that script like it's a directions of the day, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and still lear- learning now because I feel like I, there's certain levels to breaking down a script, understanding what how to get into this mode, you know. How much? So to that point, how how flexible, or is it different? you know, sets or different uh, situations where you're able to have more flexibility for ad-libbing? It depends on the writer. Yeah. Man, I almost got kicked off the set one time doing Black Lightning because the writer was mad at me because I was just messing up. It was a scene with China and McClain. Love her to death. Great castmate to work with. She's a great actress. She helped me out with my lines too at the time. But I was a kid, I was 16, still learning like, okay, if the writer writes this, there's a reason why he wrote it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's a, a way that it, sh- it should be said. And it's, it's kind of discrediting to the, to the writer if you're just saying off willy-nilly and yeah, it yeah, has yeah. no context, or it's not parallel to what's going on in the scene. That's what anybody with Stranger Things, with the Duffer Brothers, they were really strict on writing too, on what needs to be said, because it, it it can be kind of stressful to it for a writer if they're not hearing what they wrote. Right. You know. So how important, like, you have freedom though, because yeah. if you a skilled if you a skilled actor for real, you know what you're doing, like Denzel Washington, like mm-hmm. get your hands off me, like that, yeah, like yeah, that's yeah, improv yeah. or <laughs> my, that's improv. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just legendary lines, but it come from legendary people that know how to break it down, that know how to talk to the writer or the director and be like, hey, what do you think about this? Mm. You know, that when you build relationships with the people in it's Studio Village yeah, yeah, and yeah. the trite, there's a certain level of trust too. Cause if I'm new rookie on set, I'm two weeks in and I'm just saying anything that I want and they think that I just cause I'm coming from a series regular role or I'm coming from strange things that I could just say anything without building the trust to like, okay, well, I see where he's going with this, let's try it. Right. It's just communication at the end of the day too. Yeah. That and that 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 just that will help out with how flexible you can be with whatever you want to say when it comes to improv. Yeah. And on top of that too, your castmates. You know, if you're with another seasoned actress and or an actor and the scene is supposed to be a minute long, but y'all go over y'all do a minute and forty five seconds, y'all are really good. Yeah. Because that forty five seconds consisted of like how we're going back and forth right now. There's no dead beats. Yeah. And if there's no dead beats in a scene and you're comfortable and you're real and it's associated with what the, what, what the scene is going going about, then why not? Because yeah. that happens a lot too. And then they'll take from the improv cut and put that into the actual right, right, right. That, that was written in. So it varies though. But I have fun with it though because I have times where I'm able to do that with BMF. I'm um, working with Tasha Smith. Loved her to death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. Tasha, she good peoples, man. Shout yeah. out to Tasha, man. Shout out to Tasha. Coming out the mud, you know. Shout out, oh, this one. Shout out to Tasha, man. Coming out the mud, man. Making sure that we was just just good on set. Making sure that the, the, the energy was there. It was like a family reunion every day on set. Yeah. I swear to God. And she would yell, you the we the 
we the that's her slogan. Yeah. Like I, I'm only saying it like that because like I can't remember. Yeah, you how, hear how her saying it. But but yeah, she she allowed us to be free with our characters and how we felt emotionally because mm -hmm. that's what she really tried to pull from the first season yeah. because we knew we was gonna get that raunchy BMF shooting this, sex yeah. this, drugs that. But then at the end of that was family, Black Mafia family, and she tried to pull that out of it. So it's like certain directors, certain projects, it's just, you, you, you just find where you can be flexible in it. So like, I come from the background that I need people. You know what I'm saying? Like I need my team to do their job. My trust or my belief that this person is going to do his job, that person is going to do his job. Now in, in business, she's going to do her job. I'm able to do my job better. He's able to do his job better. And you see, you see great chemistry, mm. you know, display, you feel me? When you're, when you're on set or when you're going through a specific, you know, uh, scene or a line or whatever, the good is the magic that we see on Netflix, that we see mm -hmm. on Showtime, the, what we see on the tube, right? But what's the bad in it? Like, where it sounds like, nah, this ain't giving what it's supposed to give. Well, it, that depends, too. It just depends on how many takes you got, what the scene is you know, consisting of. If we're doing an exterior shot, and it's 50 degrees outside, and we in Detroit, mm. and we got to get this scene done, and we got... Four people, that means it's four to five different angles. Yeah. I mean, each angle is probably going to be three to six to maybe seven takes, depending on how many, you know, people, depending on how skilled the actor is or if the mic is set up, oh, the camera died, you know, mm. and then we got 12 to 14 hour days, mm. you know, so that over time does a toll on you. But I try not to find the look in the bad of it. I have fun though. I, I be a sponge on set. Not only being an actor, but being behind the camera. And when they say cut, sitting in Studio Village and asking for a packing headset. Yeah. And just watching the monitor, listening to the little whispers of the director and the writer and creative director, producers, and all those people. Because that's something that, I, that's the next step. Yeah. That's the next level, you know? And there's certain trials and tribulations that you're going to have to go through to get there, mm. you know, and experience that. And why not experience it while I'm on set? You know, yeah. so it's, I don't see too much bad about working because I still see it as something that I, I genuinely enjoy yeah. doing and have a passion for. Yeah. So, a softball question would be this like, what's in your crafty? Like, if something that you'd be like, okay, Miles, we, we got your man, my what's a what's a gotta have this, you know, I need nutter, I, I need the nutter butters, not the big ones, but I need the minis. I need me a, uh, I need me PB and J, toasted, a little bit of uh, powdered sugar. Give me a couple Pepsi's. Give me about two waters to go. Um, the up. Welch's, huh? Oh, this is my crafty, right? So you it's crafty, want a, right? You want a lightly toasted peanut butter? No, toasted. Like not like crunchy, like we want to. Not hear. too crunchy, but toasted. Like it's gonna be crunchy. So like light, skin. not burnt. Do we see any black? Cut the edges. No, no, no. Yeah. Oh, you wanted it. No crust. Powdered sugar. Um, put it in the microwave. Maybe like fifteen. Nah, wait, she <laughs> about to say, golly, boy. Uh, but nah, two more things. I need me the um, blue Welch's packs, and then blue. Yeah, cause they got they got different they got different ones. They got that's the an exotic. I, I see Welch's. I see the yellow, the pineapple, orange. Oh no! Nah. I see the uh, purple. That's the uh, grape Concord. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Blue. Yeah. We getting some. Yeah, the blue. You ain't know about it. No. That's the original one. They got the tropical too. I'm not with you. No, the tropical is the red. Nah. What color is the Welch's? Light blue, turquoise. Long story short. And then I'm gonna need me um, <laughs> uh, jalapeno chips, kettle cook, kettle cook, the greenback. So in order to to get this guy happy or to keep him happy, you gonna need a list of items, and please don't forget to cut the edges with the <laughs> damn powdered sugar, toasted, toasted peanut light. butter and jelly. No, it's about to tell me a lot about you right now. Okay. What jelly? Great. You a strawberry? 
Bro, bury me, man. Strawberry. I don't like grape. Nah, no. Bro, you got the blue rapper Welch's. Like, what are we talking about? You talking about high maintenance? That's the original. Yeah, but damn, like, great? No. Mm-mm. Nah, no. baby. You're going to have to give me Strawberry. You feel I'm me? I'm going to see what type of person you are. Top three rappers right now. Right now? Right now. Travis just dropped. Nah, he's, you know, by default, you can't, you can't say him. Okay. He's not really hot right now. Just because his album dropped, don't make him hot. Say less. I mean, and right now, it will... Mm, you got to throw Lil Baby in there. Uh, and I'm, I'm from Atlanta, but dang, Baby ain't dropped... Baby ain't really been dropping like that. He ain't dropped this year yet. Okay, go ahead. Okay, but, Baby. But his, line of, his, his line of work, that body of work yeah. that he's been putting out, yeah. it's like... When T.I., Outkast, Jeezy, Gucci. Okay, okay I see what you're going he, He's he like did, he pulling, did. like, you know what I'm saying? And even with Thug, like, Thug makes a lot of great quality music, but to really per start to finish, like, Baby is that guy. Mm. It's hard to not mention uh, Drake. Okay, yeah, he's um, up there. Drake's number one. And just being on the East Coast, yeah. J. Cole. Like, J. Cole gonna have you ripple. No, no, you no. Put J over Kendrick. What did he say? Yeah, yeah, it's my list, bro. That's your list. Yeah, you're, list. you're right. But I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you right now who got the hottest album right now, Killer Mike. Andre 3000? Well, Andre 3000? Yes. I ain't hear that. I heard a lot. I heard, I heard my, like a Michael lot of hype about it. That project is a masterpiece. Really? And the and he really embodies. Like woke rap uh-huh. with the the eight oh eights and the South being represented Tight. in the music Tight. because so many times and I even explain to people like I wasn't a Jay Z fan until Magna Carta, mm. you know what I'm saying? Because the, like that reasonable doubt phase, I can't relate to that. And mm. then the beats wasn't just like it was like boom, bat, boom, bat. Like it wasn't something that mm, 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 mm. like I'm yeah. Like, okay, so who you grow up on? What are First, I was in church. See, so church it was boy. Donnie McClurkin, Kirk Franklin, uh, uh, you know, Shirley Caesar, like those. So, like a I lot didn't of. I mean, no, half of people. No, I couldn't even listen to Reasonable Dot even if I wanted to. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like it was just like Tupac. Like I, I can't right. bop the Tupac. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love him as a person and what he stood for, but I wasn't able to unlock freedom of music until I, like, after high school, you know mm. what I'm saying? Because I'm still riding in the car with my moms, and she going to the store. I'm cutting it on V103, and then as soon as she coming back, cutting it back to 97.5, you know what I mean? And then, boom. That is what it is, bro. My last question for you. When you were in your 20s, what was the hardest thing you went through, and what was the best thing you went through? Hardest thing was, and I was just having this conversation with my son today. I grew up fast mm-hmm. like 17 I, I was in I was in college already uh by 20 I was the man of the house 21 I was the provider for my mm-hmm. whole lineage you know what I'm saying for my bloodline mm-hmm. and I think being thrusted in that that mode it yeah it, it it does you good to be able to say I made my mom retire you know, I made my father retire. You know what I'm saying? Like, my family know that they good because of me. Mm-hmm. But that's also pressure because they don't teach you financial literacy. They don't teach you the business side of things, pay your taxes, mm-hmm. and the importance of having a corporation. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Tax shielding to yeah. having a trust and things like that. So, like, for me, I, I just grew up fast and had to learn along the way. So when I was 20, it was so much, I was embarrassed to even say, I didn't even know Atlanta like that. Mm. Like me being from Atlanta, the city of South Florida now, but it used to be College Park and it still is College Park. So not being able to navigate around the city, going downtown and, you know, calling my mom, hey, mom or pop, hey, how you get to Atlantic Station? You know what I'm saying? Mm. What exit I got to take? But now, you know, you realize how much sheltered that you were and just coming into your own manhood, you yeah. feel me? Like 
It's it's a responsibility. Yeah. And you got to think this money that you're making it's almost like that dash, you know, when when people die. This person lived 1956 to 2022, whatever. That dash where you're making the bulk of your money has to last you mm. forever, you know. So being able to compartmentalize the important things like, you know, you want to buy nice things. You want to buy the Rolls Royce. You want to buy the Bentleys and you want to buy the houses and, and go on lavish vacations. And there's times where you have to do that because you want to see the finer things in life. You don't do what you do not to be able yeah. to well, do what you do. You know what I'm I saying? But learning is something that you have to be able to say. And, and my agent, LaMail McMorris, taught me this. Delayed gratification isn't like removed gratification, mm. right? Delayed means like, okay, I need to give me something to work towards. That Being able to say I can buy a Rolls Royce and not having it is a bigger flex than having a Rolls Royce and I can't afford it. Being able mm. to uh, like buy a Rolls Royce and not have not it. Have it. Is a bigger flex than having it and not being able to, you know what I'm saying? So me being able to learn that sooner rather than later ended up being like something that I had to learn. Cause like when you start seeing them checks roll in, boom, 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 I'm like, golly, shoot, I went to the mall in my, you know, teenage years and I'm like, damn, I want that. Playing bingo. Hey, bro, that's my car. You know what I'm saying? And then now it's like, bro, I can buy that. I don't even look at the, the tags, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anything else, bro? No, I just asked that because, like, I know you were young going going through the whole just stardom and fame and all mm -hmm. that. And just, like, me, I'm still navigating. Yeah. It, you know, and just processing, all right, just just the tactics to just get into if I, if I, young 20s. I, you know? I hear you. If I could give you words of advice... I would tell you to implement these three people in your life. Okay. And I spoke on it on an early phase of, of Funky Friday. Number one, you need a person that's going to tap into your business side. Now, this person is not the person that you go party with, but he or she intellectually builds that intellect in you, mm -hmm. you know. You're able to learn certain things. It's like, yo, I never went to Morton Steakhouse until that that right. type of person. Hey, I didn't know what a a CD was, you know what I'm saying? Or I didn't know what, you know, investments was and certain things. They build that in you. That's one person. You also need a person around you that is able to be a, a hundred with you. Like. Bro, man, fix your pants, bro. Like, hey, dog, bro, you, yeah. your breath a little hot. Like, here, come on, blah, blah, blah. They gonna keep it a buck with you. Hey, bro, you wilding right now, bro. It's all these cameras around. And you take direction from that person. Mm -hmm. That's like your protector. And lastly, I would no say- No yes, man. You don't need no No, yes, no man. yes, man. Absolutely. No yes, man. And the third person is, you need a turn up person. You know what I'm saying? Like, they make you feel good. Because they're in, in life, bro, Life is all about experiences. Mm. It's not money come, money go. But when you're just sitting down, kicking it with your family and friends and loved ones, like I realize being able to say, bro, you remember that time when? Yeah. That's what it's all about. But too much of any of those three, it takes fun out of it. Mm. Or it's too much fun, and then it's like you're not focused. Focus on and if you're able to find, rarely, rarely, mm. Are you able to find a person that has all those three qualities? You see what I'm saying? Because it's, it's so many different compartmentalizing things where, like, for the manager's standpoint, mm -hmm. I don't like hiring people who share my last name. I did before, and I don't mm -hmm. like it now because I can't differentiate. Like, bro, when I had to put my foot down and say, hey, this ain't good enough, right. I don't want this to affect us in, at at family dinner or for mm. Christmas, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I want to be able to put my foot in your ass exactly. and, it's, and it's professional about it, you know what I'm saying? I still love you, I still need you, but I don't, boom. But then it's like, 
I've also had times where, like, you get the freeloaders, the turn-up person. It's like, damn, bro, like, we're going to the club. I don't even drink. <laughs> and you drinking this 1942, and you uh, drinking all this damn Dom Perignon. And like, damn, I'm like, bro, like, what the f are we doing, right? So it's all about balance. And at 21, you don't necessarily see it. And me talking to you at 34, I'm able to give you more insight to say, bro, like, it's going to come. But you have to do it the right way. Me being from Atlanta and being a, a perfect example of making it out, mm. I'm able to relate to more people because I ain't changed. Nothing about me has ever changed. So when I'm piping my, when I'm talking my, it's not relatable to corporate more so than relatable to the to the dude that's on the side saying, bro, my only way out is by selling drugs. And yeah. it's not. <laughs> you could be an actor. You know what I'm saying? You can you can write, you know, you you have vision, you have all these different things. So that's what I pretty much say. That's dope. Yeah. So as we end things here. On Funky Friday, we're going to do it in unison. We're going to start with this camera, and then we're going to start with that camera, then go to this camera, Thank and then we're going to... Yes, sir. And then we're going to finish at that camera I right here. Boom, boom, boom. Yes, okay, sir, ski. Here we go. We got one finger. Oh, sh Face sad. I Look. said pinky first. You said yes, sir. No. no. He did say that, I right? I did, but run it was wrong. Clip back. <laughs> it okay. was wrong. All right, let's do it. Here we go. Uh -huh. One finger, one pinky, one thumb. Let's do it one more time. Oh, oh my goodness. All these damn scripts we ride like that. Let's do it. Let's do Here it. Here we go. Take three. Here we right. go. One finger, one pinky, one thumb, and all together we say one, one love. love. You did. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you, man. Easy money, man. Yeah. Appreciate you. Uh. Man.